Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and on to the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg welcoming you back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Excited to have you with us this afternoon as we talk about maximizing Christmas. And right now during this busy holiday season, it's a great time for you to step back and just think about what's going on, what your goals are, what your uh, maybe priorities are. And we have a wonderful guest today, Carol McLeod of uh, Just Joy Ministries is going to share with us how to maximize your Christmas. And during the next hour, you're going to discover her unique definition of a Christmas holic. And also, you'll discover the one thing that you should definitely plan to do during this holiday season the one thing that every woman should plan not to do just now how to decide what to maximize and what to minimize during the holidays. Advice for parents as they prepare to celebrate Christmas with their families, as well as a few favorite lessons from the Christmas story. Our guest today, Carol McLean, has written five books, is a featured devotional writer on version, hosts a daily radio program, and is a weekly contributor to Ministry Today magazine. Carol and her husband, Craig, are the parents of five grandchildren and seven grandchildren. And again, you can learn more about her over at JustJoyMinistries.com. Welcome to you, Carol. Thank you, Marnie. I'm so excited to be with you today and to talk about one of my favorite topics. Christmas? Yes, Christmas. <laughs> well, that's what we are going to talk about, so that would be great. And, you know, you you have a, a, a Christmas-aholic. That's kind of a term I'm not sure I've ever heard before, but you have yeah. a unique definition for that. So wh- what is that? Well, I always say I am a self-diagnosed Christmasaholic. I have an addiction, and it is to everything Christmas. Now, when people say that, they, they think that I must be, you know, Mrs. Claus. or But, no, that's not what this is all about. For me, Christmas is the greatest moment in history mm-hmm. that has ever mm-hmm. happened. That one spectacular historical event overshadows anything else that has ever happened or will ever happen. And I believe that as Christians, as believers, we have a responsibility not only to celebrate it sincerely and genuinely, but to share it with other people, to be a demonstration of actually what it's all about. So I am a Christmasaholic, guilty as charged. I love the music. (laughs) I love giving. I love the gatherings. Mm I love the Christmas stories. Marnie, I think about Christmas on the 4th of July. I love Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, I just so agree with you that it is it is such an amazing thought that God would come in the form of a baby. And I know. I, you know, sometimes I just I just sit and contemplate the reality that Jesus Christ literally wore diapers, literally made yeah. himself dependent on a mother answering his cry. You know, that 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 God would subject Jesus or have him come like that to be dependent on these parents who were just human and had to make, you know, numerous mistakes as all parents do, and yet willing to do that so that he can have a relationship with us. It is so right. astounding. It is just mind, mind-blowing. It, it- it really is. As, as human beings, it's almost hard to wrap our minds around what the heart of Christmas is all about. Um, you know, one of my favorite lyrics from a Christmas song is, is the song, Mary, Did You Know? And, and mm-hmm. the lyrics say, and when you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Like that one line just shoots Perfect. all the way through me. That, that Mary yeah. was just a little girl, Marnie. She was probably 13, 14 years old. And God chose her to be the housing place of the Son of God. And just like Mary was called to deliver Jesus to the world, Marnie, so are we. Now, we're not Mary, and we don't 
carry Jesus in human form the way Mary did, but we are called to deliver the message of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus to the world. That's why I'm a Christmasaholic, because we're all called to be a Mary in that respect. Yeah, I love it. I I think, uh, you know, you're using the word called, and I love that. I I think of the word invited. We are invited Mm -hmm. to carry the God of the universe inside of us to other people all the time. I just wrote a book recently called Flow Through Vessel, which is all about that, just letting God flow through us, where we have this amazing opportunity to be so much more than we could ever be without God. I mean, to be fully ourselves, fully alive, because of Christ. I, I like the word Emmanuel, God with us. This amazing, right. astounding reality that at Christmas Christ came in the flesh to live with mankind. And it, it is so mind-bending. It is so beautiful. And I think sometimes, you know, sometimes people, you know, get wrapped up in the baby in the manger. And that's where we should be wrapped up right now because um, that's this time of year. But then to remember mm-hmm. where he was right before he came and where he went after after that, you know, the the whole thing, it's all part of the story. It is. It is mm. part of the glorious story that we have been called to tell, that we have been commissioned by the creator of the universe, by the general of the host of the army of the Lord. We have been commissioned to tell the story of Christmas. And we can't mm. confuse it with dancing reindeer or fruitcake or chestnut roasting, that's not the story of Christmas. Now, that's a cultural look at Christmas. But for us as believers, what we have been commissioned to do is to be the shining light that lead people to Jesus. That's our job description. And what better time of year to do it. <laughs> so That's, that's awesome. right. Now, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to ask, because yeah. we're talking Christmas here, I'm going to ask you for like two or three of your favorite Christmas traditions, Carol, that you do or that your family does, things that are just kind of staples in your home around the Christmas season. Thank you for asking that question. I can easily answer that. You know, as you said, we have five children and now three daughters-in-law, one son-in-law, and these seven delicious little grandbabies that I (laughs) love so much. And so Mm -hmm. it's been interesting to take the traditions from my childhood and integrate them into raising five children and now into um, the grandchildren experience. Um, But so one of the things, Marty, now I am a Christmasaholic, and so for us, for the McLeod family, the first official day of Christmas music season is October the 1st. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, it's early, I know, but, you know, don't become Scrooge here. It's okay. We can listen to Christmas music long if we want to. And so every morning, every year, on October the 1st at 7 in the morning, I call every child and we sing together. I'll be home for Christmas. You know, because, Marty, even though not all my kids come home all the time, the point is that Christmas calls us home in a unique and compelling way. And so I just want to remind our children of who they are and where they've come from. And so that's one of the fun things we do. You know, another thing is uh, we would always give our children an ornament um, Thanksgiving weekend to put on the Christmas tree. So if they were taking guitar lessons that year, they might get a guitar. Or if they, you know, made the basketball team, they might get a basketball. We sure. try to make it appropriate to the year they had. Well, now that everybody's grown and gone, they're separate race, now what I do, Marnie, and I am not a crafter. Like Pinterest is a four-letter word for me. I just, I, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but I, I do make Christmas ornaments for the family and what I do is I take um, a McLeod family saying and I just put it on a Christmas ornament I you know get a piece of wood and put rickrack around it or whatever for instance I would always tell the kids trouble starts with fun that's a McLeod family saying and so last year their their ornaments all said trouble starts with fun because when you're raising three lively boys and they're having too much fun, you know it's going to go toward trouble. And so that's always been a <laughs> thing that we've laughed at. So everybody gets a Christmas ornament. And now another thing that 
we do that I I just want to share with your listeners is during the month of December, Craig and I pray and ask God to give us a Bible verse for each child for the coming year. So right now we're praying about the Bible verses for the children, the the in-laws, the grandchildren, and we're writing down the verses that we feel like we're supposed to give mm-hmm. to them and pray over them. And we just write it out on a on a beautiful card and we wrap it up and it's in their stocking on Christmas morning. So this mm-hmm. is their scripture for the year. Um, I just believe that as the parents of the family, even though our children are now young adults and on their own, I, I still believe that as parents there is no greater joy than that our children walk in truth. And so Craig and I still have a responsibility um, to gently shepherd even our young adult children, not to tell them what to do, not to boss them around, but to continue to speak words of encouragement and faith into their lives. So those are some of our fun Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Really terrific. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Carol McLeod of JustJoyMinistries.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the one thing that you should definitely plan to do during the holiday season and the one thing that every woman should plan not to do just now. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Do you lead a women's Bible study or know someone who does? Check out BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Here you'll meet the authors of the most recently released Bible study books for women. You'll meet Liz Curtis Higgs, Lisa Bevere, Pam Farrell, Elisa Morgan, and dozens of other Bible study book authors. Each author is given 15 minutes to share the story behind her book, her ideal audience, and a little bit about the study's format so you can decide which Bible studies you want to introduce next. It's all available to you free and online at www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's www.biblestudyexpo.com. Welcome back. This is Marty Sledberg, and we're visiting today with Carol McLeod of JustJoyMinistries.com on the topic of how to maximize your Christmas. Carol, let's go ahead and talk next about the one thing that um, you should plan to do during the holiday season. So I can think of about, oh, 100 things that I'm going to plan <laughs> to do during the holiday season. So what's the one thing that I may must remember to put on my list? The one thing, Marnie, that you must put on your your Christmas list is to spend time with the baby in the manger. You know, Christmas is such a busy time with parties and shopping and spending and mailing and cooking and eating and church events that often as women we forget the most important detail, and that's that Jesus came to be with us. You know, one of my favorite characters in the Christmas story is Elizabeth. Um, and Elizabeth and Zacharias, as you know, were, were elderly, had not been able to have children. And in this moment in history, the angel Gabriel came to them and said, guess what? Now's God's time for you, Elizabeth, to have a baby. And Luke chapter 1, verse 24 says, and after these days, so that's right when Zacharias heard the angel. As soon as Zacharias heard the angel... And and Elizabeth became pregnant. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months. Now, you know, at this moment in history, women often went into seclusion at the end of their pregnancies, when they were showing, when they were waddling. Um, We don't have that kind of culture today. We live in a culture where movie stars show their bare bellies on the front of magazines. But it wasn't that way back then. But Elizabeth went into seclusion, and I've I've thought about that, Marnie, and and wondered why. And you know what I think? I think that Elizabeth knew that she had been called to do a great work. I I believe that, that she knew that great works take great preparation. And so she went into seclusion to prepare her heart for what 
God was about to birth in her and through her. And so this aged, wise, stable, godly woman prepared herself for the plan of God. And so as as Western women, what I want to tell your listeners is spend some time with the Lord. Wrap yourself in the arms of the baby in the manger. Listen to his voice. Sing the great hymns of the faith during this season. Ponder the lyrics of those triumphant songs. Spend some time in prayer and get to know the baby in the manger. I can tell you it will be your most glorious and joyful Christmas you've ever had if you do that one thing. Mm, So beautiful. And for those who are feeling like, I don't have any time, I can't even think, how am I ever supposed to do that? I certainly can't go into seclusion for five months or even five minutes. (laughs) So... What do you tell what do you tell the super busy woman, Carol, who can't yeah. um really fathom where she's going to find time to be alone with Jesus during December? Well, you know, this is the deal, Marnie. We find time for the things that we value. If we value mm-hmm. going to the gym, we're we're gonna get up at five thirty and do that. If we value talking to a child who lives far away every Sunday night at seven o'clock, we're gonna do that. If if sending Christmas cards is important to us, we're going to do that. It's a matter of priority. It's a matter of our value system. And so I would just encourage women to look at your schedule and see what you can erase. Look at your schedule and see what you can do without this season. Now, I'm not talking about spending three hours every day during the month of December. I'm talking about spending 15 minutes every day during the month of December or, or taking a Saturday morning and just spending the whole morning with the Lord. Um, What we value, we prioritize, and therefore we make time for. And and all of us, as busy as we are, you know, I often say to young moms, I, I, I talk to young moms all the time, and, you know, you and I are sort of out of those years. But here, young moms are potty training and, you know, making mac and cheese so it runs out of their ears and trying to balance a budget and talk about busy They are busy. But you know what? They can gather their children around them and sing the songs of faith with their children at Christmas time. They can read stories about Christmas to their children. Well, that's spending time with the Lord. They can pray with their children. You know, you can make a way for what you value. So rather than being consumed by time, rather than being stressed out by busyness, Listen, this is going to relieve the busyness in your life. This is going to be like a a breath of fresh air. It's going to be cool water to your harried soul if you can understand the importance of just hanging out with the baby. So great. I like the the concept of life as worship where, you Mm. know, know, I, I don't think, so like when I think about my relationship with Dave, my husband, we don't have a timer set. We don't uh, say, you know, you only said, you know, 1,700 words to me today instead of 5,000. <laughs> we don't, you know, I mean, we just don't do yeah. that with each other. Mm-hmm. We love each other. Mm-hmm. We like to spend time together until we find time and we spend time together. And when we're busy, we recognize that that's how it is. And it's a it's a relationship that ebbs and flows with the realities of our life and the boundaries mm-hmm. of our life. I mean, he just got back from the Philippines when he was there. We were separated for two and a half weeks. When when God is thinking about relationship with us, he too he too is aware of the um, the life that he has us living. And when we just live life as worship to Christ, it is a natural outcome of that to do the things that you are giving as examples. And I think a lot of times when um, when gals have this idea of uh, a private time in the morning, a, a special time with God, which is great, but then we're not supposed to just check that off the list and go on with the day. Just take Jesus with you <laughs> into every thought, into every action. Uh, share him with your children. And, and all of that is relationship with God. It's not like it's a separate deal. It's all one right. and the same. It's, it's, it's all intertwined and interrelated. Yeah, and, and I think as, as believers, as, as Christian women, um, one thing we need to determine is how 
am I going to celebrate Christmas? How will my family celebrate? What um, traditions from the culture will we integrate into our celebration? But more importantly, what traditions um, that honor Christ will we integrate into our Christmas season? Will will we send cards? Will we buy toys? Will will we um, go sit on Santa's lap? Will we put up lights in the front yard? We we've got to decide which things are important to us, but not do all of them because there's really only one thing that's necessary, that's premier, and that's glorifying God through the Christmas celebration. It's making room for the baby in the manger of our hearts. And if we don't do that, then nothing else really matters. Then licking stamps has no eternal value. It's mm-hmm. it's glorifying him through our time commitments during this very busy season. So beautiful. Yeah. Elizabeth Elliot, um, I remember when my kids were little and she was the one that taught me through just the teaching that she had done, I think, on the radio or something. But um, she just said, you know, when you are talking to God in your heart, just verbalize that out loud because if your children don't hear you do it, they don't know you're doing it. And it's mm-hmm. this concept that um, we have this ongoing conversation with God that's going on through the day in our hearts, in our minds, and uh, nobody can see that. It's invisible inside of us and it's nurturing us. But when uh, when you have children that you're raising and that you're modeling a Christ-like a relationship, a Christ-centered relationship for Another way to do that is to just do that out loud, and I loved your examples of, um, you know, reading with them, singing with them, and of course, while you're doing that, that counts. It all counts. It it all counts. I just love the concept that uh, mm-hmm. God is relational. He isn't a to do list. He isn't something to do. He is a he is a being, and he loves mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. focus attention on him. Does that service anything else for you? Well, you know, I'm just going back in my mind to when, you know, my kids were little. And one of our favorite things to do was put on a Christmas CD and sing Um, and and, and to sing to the Lord and and to to make him our focus. So, Marnie, I love what you're saying about just making it a natural part of our daily walk, Um, you know, to read the Christmas story, to take portions of it every morning and read it at the breakfast table, Okay, I thought of another holiday tradition I want to tell you as we're at this point in the, the conversation because this is a good one and it and it weaves our children in and it weaves our relationship with the Lord in. What I would do, Marnie, is I had a basket for all the incoming Christmas cards. And, you know, we'd look at them during December, but, we, you know, they kept going in the basket, going in the basket. And on January the 1st, we would take them out one at a time every night at dinner, and and we would read who it was from. We'd read the card, talk about the card, read who it was from, and then we'd pray for that family that particular night. And and so sometimes, you know, that would take us through the month of March or April. We would get so many Christmas cards. But that helped Christmas season linger, and it helped the children and Craig and I focus on prayer and the people who loved us, the people who cared about us. So that's a lovely tradition to weave into how a family celebrates Christmas, by saving those cards, getting them out January 1st, reading one a day, and praying for the family who sent it to you. I love that. My mother-in-law just had her 90th birthday here this fall, and she had so many guests come, and she decided to do that with her cards after her birthday, that she was going to take one out every day and pray for that family. And what a wonderful way, again, like for her, turning 90 was such a big deal. You know, it was a a huge celebration, and she just felt that linger on for months because of her doing that. And so I love this idea of doing that with Christmas cards. What a great idea. Now, you also had one thing that you wanted to encourage women not to do during the holidays, so I'm curious what that might be. Well, you know, I I describe it with the word over. Don't over during the Christmas season. Don't overspend. Don't overeat. Don't overstress. Don't overcommit. Hmm. but enjoy, relax. 
um, you know, my husband and I, we used to have the calendar on the refrigerator door, and we would only commit to one Christmas evening a week because, you know, as pastors being in the ministry, we could be gone every night of the week during the month of December, but we weren't going to do that to our kids. We weren't going to overcommit. We were going to enjoy the children. Don't overspend. Set a budget and stay within it. You know, Craig and I got into deep debt early in our marriage because, honey, we whipped out those pieces of plastic and we used them for everything. And when we finally got out of debt, we agreed that we would only use cash for Christmas. And so whatever we've saved, that's what we use. And if we don't have it, we don't spend it. Um, Don't overeat. You know, Marnie, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I've been battling cancer this year. Um, Um. I've had a double mastectomy. I'm doing great. I'm doing so great. Um, But I've had to change my lifestyle. I don't eat sugar anymore because cancer only grows in the presence of sugar. And so my oncologist said, Carol, no more, no more sugar for you. And you know what, Marnie? I feel better. I, I, uh-huh. I just feel better without that sugar in my system. And so I'd, I'd say to the women, figure out a way to celebrate without adding calories to your um, monthly plan. You know, have some other treats that you can have. But so so my motto, my rule of thumb is don't over anything, but enjoy, relax. I love that. This will be be my second um, holiday season, um, Christmas season without sugar, and I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, I know it used to be quite a... um, quite a difficult season for me with food because it was hard to limit it down to what would be okay but still feel like I'd gotten all of the, you know, treats that I wanted or whatever. It's just so much mm-hmm. easier for me at least to just say I'm just not going to have it. And um, it is weird. It does seem weird mm-hmm. to me still um, even after uh, doing it last year. It does still seem kind of a little uh, not quite my skin yet. But I do believe it's a good good way to go, and I know that, that this is so true, and all of us need to, well, I think we're becoming more aware of, of the culture as the, the need for this change. Well, um, we, we are. Too much sugar. And, you know, yeah. One thing I, I tell um, my daughters-in-law and my daughters is, is, look, Christmas is like two two days of overeating. It's not six weeks of overeating so you know you can you can have treats you know right around right. the the days of christmas but but don't right. start them the week before thanksgiving and last till january 15th no don't do that right. you know give your yeah. kids treats sparingly dur- during a, a small season or you know however you choose to do it as a mom but the whole family's going to feel better marnie the, the children are going to yeah. behave better when they're not high on sugar <laughs> so think of other yeah. treats you can give to your family during the season. You can still celebrate. You can still have a blast. You can still party without being high on sugar. You can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. When you were talking about overcommitment, I remember the year our, our son was four, our oldest son was four and our daughter was um, two and a half. And mm-hmm. um, I remember we had picked them up from a babysitter one night and it had been like four nights that week that we'd been out at you know different events, and uh, the couple who had been taking care of him that night, the the husband said the husband said that um, Mark was pretty exhausted, and that at one point he had sat down next to this man, this wonderful man, and he had put his hands in his his face in his hands, and he had looked at him and he said, "My life is not normal." <laughs> this little four-year-old could just tell that something was very amiss in the world with all of this hubbub going on. And I remember that that was the last year. That was the last year that we did that. And, and we made a decision similar to yours that we were just only going to do so much. You, right. you can literally uh, do stuff like you say every night. Um, there's can't. Just so much to do. And, you know, from our perspective, Marnie, in life, 
we know that those little years just fly by and that there'll be a new season in life when you can do a lot of things. Um, And so for the young moms, for the moms of teenagers, for the moms of elementary kids who are listening today, I would say pare back on time commitments. Enjoy the days of Christmas with the children who live in your home. Will, Will you offend some people, you know what, you might, but that's okay because you're choosing the most important thing. You're choosing to build family memories, to make family traditions, to teach your children how to celebrate that baby in a manger. There's no higher calling than that for a mother. Mm, So beautiful. Well, this is Marnie Sleberg visiting today with Carol McLeod of JustJoyMinistries.com. We're going to come back and talk about some specific ways that you can decide how to max and minimize during the holidays. Don't go away. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or Type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you're joining us today for How to Maximize Your Christmas with our guest, Carol McLeod of JustJoyMinistries.com. Carol, we're going to spend the next few minutes talking about what to maximize, what to minimize, and some specific, like, practical how-tos to do it because there are a lot of choices during the holidays. And one of the things that I do each year, and it's over at Marnie.com, you can uh, register for the Holiday Planning Boot Camp. And it Mm. is a two-hour training program that lets you go through and really look at all of your choices and to really make some decisions. So I'm going to start here by sharing one strategy that I love, and it's just a tradition roster. What you do is you just write down on a piece of paper, and in the boot camp course there's a form you can use, but you can just use a piece of paper. Uh, You just write down a list of all the traditions that your family typically does, um, how you do everything from getting your Christmas tree to um, getting uh, getting the uh, Christmas cards in the mail if you do something like that or um, the nativity or your home decorations or all of these many things that we do are unique to us as a family. Um, everybody doesn't do it the way we do it. Everybody has their own. So what you do is you go down and you actually re- register beside each tradition how much time it takes and how much money it costs. And then most importantly, there's a column for who cares. So you might have traditions that, uh, like I have a daughter who's a very traditional. I mean, she just loves traditions she has ever since she was tiny. That's her personality. And a lot of times Karen's would be the only name <laughs> next to the tradition, that she was really the only one who cared, but she really cared. Um, sometimes it may be aunt, you know, Aunt uh, Angie and Uncle Harold who really care about the taffy pole on Christmas Eve, but they're really the only ones who really care. And so what you want to do is you want to go down this list now and you want to right away remove the items that nobody cares anymore. When I did this, there were actually 
things on my list that nobody cared, that I was still doing Carol just because it was on. It was just part of the tradition. That's what we'd always done. But I realized nobody cared. And then you go to the next level and you say, now, out of these ones that only one or three or five people care, um, and it's taking me maybe four hours to do this thing or maybe, you know, $30 or $200 or whatever to do this thing, I have to make a decision now how I'm going to handle this. And what's really important here is that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't just say, well, because it's only one person, it doesn't matter. No, that person really does matter. So what you need to do is make a decision. Either you're going to keep doing it as a gift to that person and just making that decision alone changes your mind about it. And then the other option is to say uh, you're going to ask that person if they would like to do it from now on. Maybe because this is important to you, would you want to just head that up? I've, I've got a lot of things on my planner. It's amazing what a big difference this can make in the stress level during the holidays because you've chosen, you've actually now chosen to do these things instead of felt like you have to do them just because you've always done them or somebody started a tradition. So that was one idea that I had that I wanted to share today. So maybe, Carol, what is that bubble to the surface for you as far as an actual strategy that people can use to decide what to do or what not to do? Marnie, let me just say, I love that idea. I can't wait to go over to your website and do it and send it to my daughters-in-law. I think it's a fabulous idea, a great place to start looking at your traditions and your time and your money. Oh, Marnie, thank you for sharing that. That's good stuff. Mm. Yes. Good. You know, for me, you know, when I decide what am I going to maximize, what do I need to minimize, for me it's about glorifying the Lord. Does this tradition bring glory to God? Does it cause me to overspend? Does it cause me to overcommit? Um, and, and I try to keep that one question. How does this tradition, how does this commitment glorify the Lord in my life and in my family's life? And if I can't see how it brings glory to his name, well, then I need to rethink it. You know, Marnie, one mm. thing that was really hard for me to decide probably 20 or 25 years ago now was I couldn't send Christmas cards anymore. I decided it on several levels. Um, we couldn't afford it. Sending Christmas cards to everybody who sent to us became a very expensive part of Christmas. It was time-consuming. I was a homeschool mom of five, a pastor's wife, and I couldn't figure out where to put that in. And I wanted to use my money strategically during the Christmas season. And so Craig and I decided we, we couldn't do that. And so we took about 20 years off from sending Christmas cards because it helped us financially and it helped my time as a mother. Now, would that have glorified God to send the cards? Absolutely. It, you know, we would have chosen Christian cards. We would have shared the love of Christ. But we were in a season in our life where it just didn't seem possible or wise to do that any longer. And you know what we started to do? we started to send out Fourth of July cards because we could afford it then, because I had the time then. And and so mm. we just, you know, would create a little card and send it to people who would send us Christmas cards, and it worked for us. Um, but, but the rule of thumb for all of us as we ponder what am I going to do, what am I going to spend, um, not only financially but my time, what am I going to commit to, the first question should be, does this glorify God or not? And then the second question would be, is this a wise use of my time? You know, maximizing Christmas. I love, love, love this topic, Marnie, because so many things call our names, and we think that they're maximizing the season, but what they're really doing is minimizing our emotions. They're minimizing our patience. And so we have to be strategic about how we celebrate Christmas. Um, so that that's what I would tell your listeners. In addition to going to your website and, and writing down those traditions, ask yourself the key question, how does this glorify the Lord through my life and through my family's life? Does it put financial stress on us? Am, am I committing to time that I don't have? 
is there a better way to celebrate Christmas than doing this? Um, So those are just some healthy questions to ask yourself as you ponder all of your choices out there. Mm, I love it. And one of the phrases that I, I learned years ago and I always teach is the yes, no, the yes, no phrase. And it goes like this. Every time I say yes to something, I have, in effect, said no to something else. And mm-hmm. every time I say no to something, I have, in effect, said yes to something else. Because a lot mm-hmm. of us really have a problem saying no. We get asked and we hate to say no. But as we recognize that no actually equals yes to something else, then we have the ability to step back and actually make a wise decision. So if I'm invited to help with this thing that's very good and it's on my heart, love this ministry, but that means that I will not have the opportunity to do a ministry with my kids or to do something else that I feel is more important or higher on God's priority list for me, I can say no to the person who's in my face asking me, for my help right now because I'm saying yes to God. I'm saying yes to that other thing. And that made all the difference for me in being able to say no when I needed to. Um, I I just have found that to be really helpful. And it's back to, you know, I like how you said minimize, you know, is this going to minimize my patience? Is this going to minimize my family time? Is this going to minimize the money that God has, you know, really already set aside with, with us for something else? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes when we feel like it's maximizing, it's actually minimizing. Exactly, exactly. You know, I love what you say about, you know, when you say no to something, it really frees you to say yes to something else. And and I've always thought about it as a better yes. What's the best yes mm-hmm. in this situation? Yes. Yes. Is it going to <laughs> the office that. party or is it being home with my kids and doing a craft with them? What's the best yes I can say? Is it taking my family to serve soup at at the um, mission downtown, or is it going to the mall to visit Santa Claus? What's the best yes that we can say as a family? And to me, the best yes is always an investment in eternity, Um, and that should be our goal as women, as wives, as mothers, all of our yeses should be an investment in the eternal value of our family. Mm, so beautiful. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Carol McLeod of JustJoyMinistries.com. We're going to come back and talk about some advice for parents in preparation for Christmas with their families and also a few key lessons from the Christmas story. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at WomenSpeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at WomenSpeakers.com include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Do you have a book in you? Do you know what to do? Check out the author training program at womenspeakers.com. You'll meet editors, publishers, agents, and publicists whose instruction will take you from thinking to action and from manuscripts to book ASAP. The training also includes the eversion of the how-to guide, Idea to Amazon, in 14 days. Don't wait any longer. Get that book out of your head and into the hands of the readers who need it now. Learn how in the author training section at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg and wishing you a happy week after Thanksgiving and a wonderful holiday season this Christmas and sharing this hour with you and with our guest Carol McLeod of JustJoyMinistries.com. Carol, let's talk for a little bit about parenting and the holiday season. We've already touched on this a little bit mm-hmm. before, but I, I just want us to go back and actually come at it directly. Um, you've mentioned, you know, the difference, you know, between 
sitting on Santa's lap or maybe doing some mm-hmm. other options there. Maybe I think at this point I'd like you to just um, share with us your own, what choices did you make for your family and why? That's good, Marty. You know, one thing I want to tell parents is one one of your focused goals of Christmas should be to make some lovely Christmas memories because memories don't cost money, Marnie. Marnie. Mm-hmm. Um, Memories don't cost anything financial to make a a glorious memory. And memories will last long after the toys are broken or out of date. So I believe that parents should strategically and intuitively decide how we're going to make memories this Christmas season. It might be by going Christmas caroling through the neighborhood. It might be inviting an elderly couple into your home for dinner. Um, But strategically make memories at Christmas. Now, another thing I want to talk to, to moms and dads about is, you know, the temptation to overspend, the temptation to buy everything at Toys R Us, to respond to every commercial on TV. No, please don't. Don't do that. Um, I I heard um, this rule of thumb to go by when we're buying presents for our children. Buy them something to hold, which would be a doll or a stuffed animal, you know, something to snuggle with. Buy them something to read. Buy them something to listen to, which might be a video or a, a CD. It might be on CD. Buy them a game, something to play. And then buy them one thing they want. So each child would get five gifts. And that's how we always did it in our family. I'll say that again. Something to hold, something to read, something to listen to, a game to play, which becomes nearly a family gift, and then something they want. Set a budget and stay on it, Mom and Dad. Don't feel guilty for what you can't buy. Just be grateful for what you can give, and and trust God that he's going to help you make wonderful memories with your family. Um, Those those are some of the things that that my family did. We always went Christmas caroling to a nursing home. We'd bake cookies and go there. We'd, We'd always... One of my memories, Marnie, from from being a little girl, my dad was a real general in the faith. And always on December the 23rd, he would send us to the toy room, and we would each have to pick out two or three of our very favorite toys, and we'd bring them to him. And if the toys were broken or needed mending, he'd say, no, we can't use that one. You've got to go get a better one. And so we would choose really treasures and We'd go to the grocery store and buy groceries, and we would take the coats and the mittens that we'd outgrown, and we'd take them as a family and deliver them to a family that my dad would know about. Because my dad knew that we we were going to have everything we could want or need, and we weren't out a rich family by any means. But he wanted his children to know the joy of giving, that Christmas mm-hmm. is not just receiving, but it's teaching children how to give, how to give of their talents and their gifts and their material possessions, how to give of their time. And so, Mom and Dad, as you're listening today, take this season not as an opportunity to cultivate selfishness or to cultivate materialism in your children's lives, but unity to create givers, to create unselfish specimens of humanity. Teach your children that things and stuff don't matter the way faith and family really matter. Um, so those, those are just some words of advice from an older mom to some younger parents out there as you celebrate the Christmas season. Keep your home filled with music. Music doesn't cost anything. Keep the halls of your home filled with the sound of the season. It's a memory they'll never forget. Play games with your kids. Play Christmas charades. Play Name That Tune with Christmas songs. Um, read the Christmas story over and over and over again and uh, and see what kind of family you will cultivate. You know, I'll tell you one more thing, Marty, and then I know we need to move on, but one thing that we would do in our family during Christmas, we called it Secret Angels. I know there are different takes on this game, Secret Santa or Secret Elves. 
but we'd call it secret angels. And every year on Thanksgiving Day, we'd all take somebody's name out of a hat, couldn't tell who you got. And it was your goal from Thanksgiving to Christmas to to figure out every way you could to bless the person whose name you got. You might make their bed someday. You might write them a sweet note. You might fold their laundry. But you'd go out of your way just to bless the person. And then on Christmas morning, we'd all reveal who the secret angels were. And it was just a fun way to cultivate team spirit in a family. Mm. That's a really fun tradition, super fun. Well, we only do have a few minutes left, and I want to be sure to have time because you have a few favorite lessons from the Christmas story that you've prepared for us today, and I really do want to just give you the opportunity to share those. So maybe in, like, the next six minutes or so, if you want to just share those. Oh, I'd love to, Marnie. Thank you so much. You know, one of the things, Marnie, that I hear everywhere I go when I teach on Christmas is people say to me, Carol, I I don't like Christmas the way you do. My life has been so hard. I don't have the same feeling, the same memories. And you know what I say? That's okay. Because Christmas came for people who were in the middle of hard. Christmas is is not about... um, easy. God the Father sent Jesus, his son, for people who were in the middle of difficult situations in life. You know, I I think about the shepherds. Let me read to you right now from from Luke chapter 2. You know, shepherds at this time in history were really the scumbags of humanity. They had sheep drool on their um, robes. They Mm -hmm. had the dung of sheep under their toenails and under their fingernails. And here they were out in the black of night, the cold of night, no hope. They never got a promotion. They never got a Christmas bonus. Shepherds didn't. Their lives were never going to change. It was the same old, same old, listening to the ba of these dumb, restless, lice-infested creatures. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 2, it says in the same region there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were frightened. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there's been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Jesus was announced to the shepherds, to these men who had no hope, to these men who were shivering in their lives. And the angel song came to the shepherds. Now, God the Father never meant for the shepherds to be the only one to hear the song this night. He meant for anybody who was in the middle of hard to hear the angel song. One thing I love about the shepherd's announcement, Marnie, is that the first word that the angels used to describe the birth of Jesus was the word joy. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all the people. So if we've got listeners today who are dealing with depression or disappointment or despair, I want to tell you this day that the angels are singing over your life this Christmas. The angels are bringing the joy of that baby into your world. You know, the shepherds weren't the only ones who were in the middle of hard at Christmas time. I think about Elizabeth and Zacharias. We've already talked about them a little bit, but talk about dashed hopes. Talk about their lives not turning out the way they thought they would. Elizabeth was in her 80s and still no baby. This was a woman who dealt with disappointment every month of every year for decades. And Jesus came for Elizabeth and Zacharias. He came as an answer to their prayers. God the Father sent John the Baptist, a baby boy, to Elizabeth who had wrinkled skin and gnarled hands. And God the Father answered their prayer. So I don't know how long your listeners have been praying for an answer, but God hasn't forgotten you. The God of Elizabeth and Zacharias is the God of Christmas, and he is the God of you. 
And then I think mm-hmm. about this last person who was doing hard. It was really people, Joseph and Mary. They were living the life of their dreams, head over heels in love, about to get married when God interrupted their plans. And, you know, the angel said, Mary, you found favor with God. And I've often wondered if the angel thought, if Mary thought, favor, you call this favor, unmarried and pregnant? Um, but, you know, so often what we think is horrible may turn out to be wonderful. And so if somebody listening today has had a tough year, has had a hard year, and you haven't liked your year, I just want to tell you, give God time. Because what you think is horrible may turn out to be wonderful. When God interrupts our lives, it's always for a greater purpose. It's always for a greater plan. And you can trust him with that. Marnie, as you know, I've spent this last year in cancer hospitals and oncologist's office. Last Christmas, I was facing three surgeries and drugs too horrible to even mention. And let me tell you something, Marnie. It was the best Christmas of my life. I had such joy because God allowed me to take the joy of his presence to dark depressing places and it was an honor of the most rare kind so for those who are listening today who are depressed or forlorn or disappointed hang in there my friend i hear the song of the angels over your life Mm. (laughs) so beautiful wow so beautiful thank you for sharing that and just even for sharing your own personal story there too and I, I was just um, communicating with a gal earlier today who who said, you, you know, you've watched me, you know, and I want you to know that this year the Christmas tree is going back up. This year the lights are going back on mm. in my life. <laughs> you know, mm, I love it. So, I know there are such times of grief and sadness and um, mm. so much history for some people around the holidays and mm. um, that that it makes it difficult to really recognize that you are in a safe place in the arms of God and that that is why we have this season is because there is a Christ, Emmanuel Christ with us. Amen. Well, Carol, this is so fantastic and I don't want to, I just want to have you take a moment here. Yeah. If you guys go over and visit JustJoyMinistries.com and I encourage you to do that, Carol, what are they going to find over there? Well, Just Joy Ministries is more than a website, Marnie, but it is, you, you can get lost in, a, in an afternoon, let me tell you. We have podcasts <laughs> that you can listen to, encouraging podcasts. We have Bible studies that you can listen to and download the notes. And please, use these at your church. Take them to your friends. Use them in a Sunday school class. Entire six, eight, ten-week teachings that you can listen to and download the notes. No, it's of course there are my blog is on there that I just love writing every week. Um, we have a Just Joy store if you're looking for encouraging tools to give this Christmas season books. One of my favorite things, Marnie, is we have scripture cards on there for children. The little boy scriptures mm-hmm. and girl scriptures that great stocking oh. stuffers. Um, devotionals for moms. Uh, we have so many different resources on the Just Joy website just to encourage women in their walk with the Lord, just to encourage them that the Bible really does work. When we live our lives according to the Word of God, your joy is going to be increased exponentially. And, and I'd love your listeners to come over and, you know, grab a cup of coffee and spend a couple hours at the Just Joy website. My, my hope is that they'd be encouraged in Jesus' name. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, Carol, this hour has flown by, and you've shared so and much great stuff with us today. Thank you for being here. I love you. Thank you, Marnie. Thank you for having me. Okay. Yes. And you guys, you want to just go and check out Carol's site over at JustJoyMinistries.com. She's also one of our featured speakers over at WomenSpeakers.com, and her name is Carol McLeod, and you spell that M-C-L-E-O-D, JustJoyMinistries.com. Thanks for being here today. We love having you join us whenever we do these, either live or in the archives or in the on the uh, syndicates around. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a terrific weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.